Good morning. I'm excited to be here. I had all of the all of the distractions this morning that I needed to lay aside as well. I got outside, I'm like, I'm Linty. <laughs> I can't go Linty, but I did. I came to you Linty because Lint doesn't matter. It just doesn't. So anyways, um, I'm excited to be here. Hello to my Tuesday night ladies. I can say that and not feel weird because as soon as I start the video, I run out the door because I don't want to see or hear myself. <laughs> so I can be like, hi ladies, welcome. But Anyways, um, we're just trucking through this year, aren't we? Can you believe that it's the holidays? I'm going to put Christmas lights up this weekend. I just, I would get my tree if I could find a Christmas tree farm to let me in to cut it down. I did that last year. I emailed a bunch of Christmas tree farms and I had one respond and say, you can come. We're not open, I don't have staff, but you can come. So we went there, and as we were leaving, other cars were pulling in. So he says, I can't come back this year. So <laughs> that's okay, I'll find someone else. <laughs> but I'm so excited for this time of year. It's cold, and it's just, I don't know, it's just snuggly, and I'm ready. Well, in our passage, we have some exciting times. We've witnessed the birth of the church and we're watching them grow in knowledge and in power of the spirit and growing closer together as a unified group, as the body of Christ. We have seen them victorious against the enemy, both seen and unseen, and we have seen them praying in one accord and growing in boldness in the face of persecution. <clears throat> We have seen the Holy Spirit alive and active. There is a wildfire burning in these believers that cannot be contained. Healings, salvation, perseverance. We're seeing their radical faith. We see this pure and unadulterated sense of community among the spirit-filled believers. They are all in. We ended last week with Barnabas, known as the son of encouragement, giving it all. Angela mentioned last week that somehow, even though he was a Levite, he owned property. So he found a way to get the property. And I think how much even more is that to give something that was so hard to, to have? And we see his gift and his personality and his character could you imagine if you were known by your spiritual gift, by your character instead of your given name? What would they call you? The unity of this growing church was punctuated by the spirit of giving. And we are seeing these people, they're selling their possessions and they're laying their money at the feet of the apostles to be used for the care and growth of the body. No one was in need. However, the but is coming. But is one of those words that should have us thinking about what we've just seen. It's, a connecting, it's, a, it's connecting the stories. But is a coordinating conjunction used to connect ideas that contrast. In verse 1, but a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for themselves, for himself with his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. 
this couple willingly, with premeditation in their hearts, chose to lie to their community of believers, to hold back. They did not have to give anything. No one told them they had to sell something, and surely no one asked them to give it all, let alone any of it. But it seems they were chasing a feeling, a status. I mean, for goodness sakes, Barnabas just gave everything. And I'm sure they wanted that same mountaintop experience for themselves. The recognition, the esteem. And so together, it was agreed that they would hold back a portion and no one would be the wiser. So, <laughs> I'm not a big TV person. I don't watch a lot of shows, but when I do find something I watch, I watch it all over and over and over. So my family does, we kind of do the same and they'll laugh at me when they come in because I'll just have a show playing. So my show, I have two. One is Judge Judy because I love justice. And <laughs> the other is The Office. So if you've never seen The Office, this might, you, this might be lost on you, but that's okay. This was, what, this was how I related to this passage. So there's an episode of The Office, and of course I'm not telling you to go start watching The Office. That's just my guilty pleasure. I'm sorry. But <laughs> So there's a scene where they're at a christening, and um, there's this group of, of young adults going on the mission field. They're going for a year to Mexico to build and to live in the dirt, and if you've been to Mexico on a mission field, it's not easy but they're going and the excitement is amazing. And you see the scene where there's a bus and there's like, it's almost like a wedding send off. There's this line and people are clapping and they're cheering and the young adults all have these matching shirts and everyone's so excited and so proud of them. And they're running, getting on the bus. And one of the main characters, his name is Michael Scott. He's like, I need that for me. And he joins them. He puts on a shirt. He takes the hugs. He takes the pats on the back. He takes the accolades. And he takes that mountaintop experience for himself and he gets on the bus. But when he gets on the bus, you certainly realize very quickly he is not all in. And soon he's on the side of the road, off the bus. So I totally read this and that's what I thought of. So that's what you know about me now. I think in things that have to do with the office, I've seen it so many times. But that was, I thought to myself, if that was a picture of, what, of you wanting that for yourself, but not realizing the cost associated with it, Barnabas knew the cost, and he was ready to lay it down. But Ananias and Sapphira, they weren't there yet, but they didn't have to be. Nobody told them this is what they had to give. God wants your heart, and he wants you all in, and he doesn't want to share it. Ananias and Sapphira wanted the same recognition as Barnabas. They wanted to engineer their own mountaintop experience without the personal cost. But remember, this wasn't mandatory. They had no price to pay. It was not asked of the others that were giving. They were just purely giving out of their pureness of heart. Jesus-centered giving in community but they devised a lie. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart 
to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back some of the price of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his last. And a great fear came over all who heard of it. Of course. <laughs> That's terrifying. Could you imagine if your sin was just called out and I would be, I would be dropping dead constantly all day long. I'd just be walking around dead. That is just terrifying to me. The young men got up, covered him, and after carrying him out, they buried him. Peter, who threw what had to have been divine revelation or the spirit of discernment, had knowledge of what Ananias had done. When Peter called him out, Ananias, can you imagine the shock, the horror? He had to be devastated. How could he know? How could Peter have known the secrets in his heart? He couldn't. But God knows everything. I had read a quote. I actually tried to find who said it. So many people have said it. Nobody knows who said it anymore. But the quote says, Secret sin on earth is an open scandal in heaven. Most certainly, he expected praise and recognition. Maybe a round of applause, some patting on the back. But instead... Peter saw through God that Satan was at work in his heart. Even through this man who is counted among the believers. He had let the enemy in the camp and he had let his heart be filled with deceit. Ananias was met with rebuke from Peter and, and swift judgment from God. This is not the first time we've seen this kind of judgment from God. In Leviticus 10, 1 through 5, when Aaron's son, these guys, the guys, I can't say their names, but I'm going to try, Nabid and Abihu, you know what's amazing? I'm fluent in my head. <laughs> I am. I can say any name in my head, but my mouth is not convinced. But Nabib and Abihu offered unauthorized fire before the Lord at the tabernacle, and he consumed them with fire. He'd just given the tabernacle with all the regulations for how to worship him. And these guys did it, not the way God said, but they did it their own way. And they underestimated God's holiness, and they overestimated their goodness, and they died for it. In 2 Samuel 6, 7, when King David brings the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem on a cart led by an oxen, they stumbled. And Uzziah reached out with his hand to steady the Ark, and God strikes him dead. Uzziah presumed his hands were cleaner than the dirt, so he was going to keep the Ark from touching it. But God said no, and he, and he died for that. These are sins against God, and they cannot go unanswered. God is moving powerfully in, these, in this group of believers, and he needs purity among them to keep doing what he's doing. You know, here today, we live in a world where sin abounds. 
That's why we're not dropping dead every five minutes, three minutes, two minutes, I don't know, you know, constantly. These people, they're clean, they're pure, but the enemy has come in and God has to deal with it swiftly. He can't let it go on, not with the work he's about to do. This story doesn't have to be in here. Luke doesn't have to tell us about this. He could have swept it under the rug, but we need to know that God needs to deal with his people and what we fill our hearts with. Sorry, when I leave my notes, I have to find my place. So, just a second. Ananias was filled with the fullness of Satan. He was not just influenced. The word tells us he was filled. Satan was attempting to infiltrate God's church, and that cannot go unchecked. We see the spirit moving so boldly in Acts. There was no way to have this compromise there. This is the inspired word of God. Nothing makes it in the word by accident, and we are to take notice to this. Even the uncomfortable things we need to chew on and to learn from. God is sovereign, holy, and all-knowing, and we as believers cannot turn a blind eye to the tactics of the enemy so that we need to be on guard and not a tool of the enemy's hand. And we need to continually battle this by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, 14 through 19 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that <clears throat> excuse me and to know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure in all of the fullness of God sorry <clears throat> verse 7 says now there elapsed an interval of about three hours. And his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter responded to her, tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, yes, that's the price. Then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last. And young men came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And a great fear came over the whole church and over all who had heard these things. Sapphira was given the opportunity to come clean to tell the truth, but she showed what was, that what was filling Ananias' heart was also filling her heart. And she was met with the same swift, swift justice. George MacDonald wrote, half of the ministry in the world comes from trying to look 
half of the misery, not ministry, half of the misery in the world comes from trying to look instead of trying to be what one is not. The name that Jesus gave to this practice is hypocrisy, which simply means wearing a mask, playing an actor. We must not think that failure to reach our ideals is hypocrisy because no believer lives up to all that he or she knows or has in the Lord. Hypocrisy is deliberate deception, trying to make people think we are more spiritual than we really are. Warren Wearsby wrote, when I was pastoring my first church, the Lord led us to build a new sanctuary. We were not a wealthy congregation, so our plans had to be modest. And at one point in the planning, I suggested to the architect that perhaps we could build a simple edifice with a more elaborate facade at the front to make us look like a better, a more expensive church, give them a little more class. Absolutely not, he replied. A church stands for truth and honesty, and any church I design will not have a facade. A building should tell the truth and not pretend what it is, what it isn't. And years later, he ran across a poem that says, they build the front like St. Mark's or like Westminster's Abbey, and then as as if to cheat the Lord, they make the back parts shabby. That was the sin of Ananias and Sapphira putting on a lovely front in order to conceal the the shabby sin of their lives, sin that cost them their lives. Ananias means God is gracious, but he learned that God is also holy. And Sapphira means beautiful, but her heart was ugly with sin. With all that has been seen and experienced, remember, where they are, it's not that long ago that Jesus was crucified, died, rose from the dead. He spent time with the apostles and other believers in his resurrected body, getting them ready for when he would leave them. He's ascended now. The Holy Spirit has come and filled them, and they have seen miraculous wonders and signs. They have, they're experiencing a mighty movement of God, and people are being saved everything Satan wants to stop and he will use any means necessary. Jesus's death is not freedom from sin. Sin, whether we think it little or big, sin, any sin, is a serious matter to a holy God. And here he punctuates that fact to his people and to the watching world. Any sin is a serious matter to a holy God. So serious did that required the price of God's own son crucified on that cross. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The enemy, we've seen the enemy come against them multiple times. They've been arrested, they've been persecuted, and they come together in one accord and they pray out and the enemy is defeated. But the enemy knew all you have to do is find the weakest link and get in and you can destroy from within. God made an example out of Ananias and Sapphira for us. We're not told here that they were unbelievers. We're not not really told much about where they go after this. 
they could have been just swept right up to their place in heaven. We don't know where they are, and that's not our place to judge. Maybe someday we'll meet them. Then we'll know when we're in heaven. But the point of it is, is God had to show the believers and the people watching that he expects us, all of us. There's no room for the enemy to live, to encamp in us when, when that's his place. He has to show this example to us that we are to give him our all. And... Um, you know, as I was working on my study, I had a page and I took it out and I added it in and I took it out and I added it in because sometimes I just don't, I feel like um, when I use examples of myself, I make me look bad. That's my own sin though. <laughs> but I will tell you, that's my struggle. You know, I want to read a passage one day and I want to identify with the good, I want to be Hosanna, not the prostitute. I want to be, you know, I want to, I don't, I, I want to be Peter or Barnabas and not Ananias, but I'm Ananias. I just, if I have to relate, I'm Ananias because I hold back. I hold back what God wants me to give him fully. I praise the Lord. I sat there reading this. I thought, thank you, God, for not just, boom. I, I don't need you because I hold my heart back. I hold my heart back from him. I hold my heart back from you. And I pretend like I don't. I mean, if you, if that's, if, if you don't do that, I'd love to meet you and talk to you because I think we all do it. I think we find that fear and I think we're afraid to talk about it because it makes us look bad and, and it makes us feel like you might think I'm a sinner. Guess what I am? I just am. I'm probably sitting in right now. I don't really know it, but I'm sure I am somehow. <laughs> Something's in my head brewing back there to cause me to do something ugly in my heart later. I don't want to be Ananias. I want to be Barnabas. But I can only be Barnabas if I yield my spirit fully to the Lord and don't want anything else to fill it. I don't want anything else to fill me. And the battle is then, it's God's. Honestly, I just have to have him fill me constantly. If I'm filled and overflowing with the spirit, there is no room for anything else. And I think that's what God's trying to teach, our, teach his people here. Verse 12, at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. They were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. Purity has been restored. But none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem and all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, lest his shadow might fall on any one of them. Also, people from the cities in the vicinities of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits. And they were all being healed. We see here that there are those who were shaken up by what had happened with Ananias and Sapphira, understandably, <laughs> and keeping their distance. In fact, it says they dare not join the others. Although the apostles were still highly regarded, and there's no denying the miraculous works going on around them. But those people still chose to be pulled back. Maybe they're just not ready to count the cost yet. Psalm 910 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, 
and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The ministry of the apostles is flourishing as they had prayed for. Signs and wonders abound. The church is growing in number. Multitudes of men and women coming to know the Lord. And it's amazing to read how people were laying their sick in the streets just in the hope that Peter's shadow would pass over them and heal them as they recognize God pouring his holy power out through them. And they want it. Even those from surrounding areas are coming. They're bringing their sick, their demon-possessed, they're broken, and they are all being healed. God's power is on full display. Their faith brought them out, and God does not disappoint. One of my favorite passages that has ministered so much to me in my life is the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she suffered, not just physically, but she's a stigma in that culture. She's an outcast in that culture. She's cut off from everything. That would have been unbearable. But she knows what Jesus has to offer She knows his great power and that all she needs is even just a thread of his garment. And she pursues him. She knew she would be healed and she pressed into the crowd. She literally risked everything for a touch. And she was healed. These people, whoever put them in the street or in Peter's path, have the same tenacity of faith. They're just there to receive God's healing power. They did not need an audience of God, just their faith in their Savior. David Guzik said, There was no power in Peter's shadow itself, but there was power in a person who believed in Jesus to heal them. And the passing of Peter's shadow may have helped some of them believe. What a mighty movement of God we've seen this week. And I know I've barely scratched the surface on a lot of the places that you may have questions or thoughts. Um, So I pray that as we go to our groups that you share these things. There's so much. I had the best conversation with my son last night. We were talking about the passage. And it's like you read these and you see that, all were healed, but we know God doesn't choose to heal everyone. And we come to that point here, you know, where we are, but there, that was for his purpose. That was the movement he was doing there. And it was like, oh, I wanted to talk about that for an hour and a half. And, <laughs> but we're going to go to our groups and you're going to have time. So I'm going to pray, but I pray that in your groups, that you share all that the Lord has been teaching you and that you would not hold back anything that the Lord has given you and that we would be iron sharpening iron for one another.